From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue in contained unrestrained Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. In this week's episode, we talk to Art Allen, owner of The Riddle Room, an expert on escape rooms to discuss the ins and outs of getting in and out of these physical adventure games. And so, if everyone is ready, let's start. Steven, you wrote that intro for me, and I didn't look at it before I read it. <laughs> <laughs> it was real good. Well, you pulled it off, though. I'm glad I, I saw some chuckles. Yeah. Oh, that was great. Uh, Art, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. I hear you're a listener. I am. I Since, like, the very beginning, I don't know, Whoa. episode two, something like that. Nice. I, I listen to, I have listened to most episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Most episodes. Oh. Well, what are we doing wrong? <laughs> Probably not those evil games ones. No, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will let you know in the feedback form. Oh, well, hey. yeah. <laughs> That's proof. He's a fan. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, so we're here to talk about escape rooms, which is your business. Yes. Right. Tell us a little bit about Mostly. it. Mostly. Uh, <laughs> I am the owner of Riddle Room, which is the, I can claim, first escape room in Minnesota. Hmm. Uh, we opened in May of 2014. Uh, our next competitor opened in, like, I don't know, June. <laughs> <laughs> so a little so, bit of a Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we have currently three games. Uh, we're opening two more games uh, in the next couple months. Oh, Ideally, exciting. yeah. Whenever they can get <laughs> play tested and uh polished off so mm-hmm. yeah right i'm sure that's a whole ordeal like with play testing and video games you can mm-hmm. just like bring a laptop or something and you can get people to play it but it's like you got to set up an event and like oh set yes things up. yeah you have to coordinate uh, you know four to eight people's schedules right. and uh you can only use them once oh man yeah that's right yeah yeah because otherwise they know the tricks yes exactly and uh you know you start out with a puzzle design and you can overthink it a lot um, but until you actually have people get in there and try your puzzles with their brains that are different from your brains, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, you don't know what actually uh, what the actual problems will be. So, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, it 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 can take a month or two of mm-hmm. like four or five times a week bringing groups in and mm-hmm. having them tear it apart and then talking about it for. An hour and a half. <laughs> right. So it's a more formal process. Uh, yeah, uh, well, yes. That's actually a bit of an advantage, actually, because with game testing, it's so like, oh, just play my thing. Mm-hmm. Like, so sometimes we can be more casual about it, but when you have to be more organized, mm-hmm. maybe that helps you. I'm mm-hmm. trying to put a silver lining. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the silver lining is then we get to open a fun game that we know people will be able to play and sure. win. Um, or we'll be able to open a fair game. Right. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, that is... Uh, that is what keeps us motivated. Through the long hours. So what got you into it? Uh, so in 2013, I had sort of gone off on my own to do uh, event production, so uh, producing various novelty events. And as I was sort of figuring out what to do, a friend of mine in Seattle had played an escape room out there, mm-hmm. and he sent me a link uh, and said, you got to do this in Minneapolis. <laughs> and I get a lot of people sending me things like, oh, you should do this. And it's mostly like, oh, it's a trivia thing. Or yeah. like, yeah. you should do board games in a bar. And it's like, yes, like everyone else. Uh, <laughs> but I had never heard of escape rooms. I read up all about them. I immediately wanted to do them. And it passed my test of, do I want to do this? And does it already exist here? Sure. And 
So I recruited some people I knew at Fantasy Flight Games. Mm. Oh, yeah. um, We got together and they did the puzzle work and I got uh, everything else set up. And <laughs> well, you make it sound yeah. like it's just everything else, but yeah. that's the, I mean, to make it work. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, I spent three months trying to find, uh, uh like a room. Yeah. Uh, when I started out, I thought it was only going to be like a six to eight week project. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was like, Where, who's got 300 square feet for me that I can use for like a month and a half. Yeah. It's like, no, that's a little longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't grief and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so how many, what, what kind of escape rooms have you been? Well, we've been in the same, did we do the same escape room? We did an escape room, you and me, Mark. Yeah. Martha, were you there? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, like an immersion get together, wasn't it? Right. Except yeah. I wasn't in your cohort. So right. It's weird. right. <laughs> so yeah, we did it as a, a pretty big group mm. and I found that really interesting. Like, um, I, I'm just, while we were doing it, I was thinking like, wow, it must be hard to design these for groups of three and groups of 13. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, like, how do you approach that? You get like a big group come in, like a, you know, like a, let's say a bachelorette party or something, mm-hmm. or you just have like a couple who wants to do it. Uh, like how? Do, what do you? What are the rules on 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 like scaling for? And uh, does that affect yeah. the scoring? Do you have a scoring system? <laughs> we don't have a scoring system. Ah, okay. uh, oh, okay. Steven's not interested. Escape, <laughs> escaped or not, or like none of our games actually have an escape objective. But yeah, mm-hmm. did you did you get out or a- accomplish your goal with it's a riddle or not? Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> um, but the um, the rules are. I mean, you can't really actually make a game that's good for three people and 13 people mm-hmm. that are just random people off the street. You could find three people who would enjoy playing a 13-player game, yeah. but they are uh, they're big nerds. <laughs> <laughs> and like that's not that can't be like you can't really factor that into the game design. Sure. Mm-hmm. sure. Um, and so our games are built generally with four to eight people in mind mm-hmm. and uh, we have one game that's capped at six mm-hmm. purely for space reasons it sure. would probably be fine with eight um but you couldn't fit eight people in that room right comfortably <laughs> <laughs> well that's its own element right yeah yeah it really is yeah. um, you really and, want to escape then <laughs> yeah <laughs> well and you don't want the room to be too big either because mm-hmm. if people like are bumping into each other then they are more willing to like let their guard down and trust each other a little more. Oh, oh sure. Oh, um, so, fascinating. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. I for a while I was like, I need to make my rooms as big as possible. Like, nope, they're too big. Yeah. People feel so disconnected from each other. Right. They're right. not sharing information and all of that. So. Right. You could have like a wallflower or something. Mm-hmm, yeah. I know that when we did it, it was a pretty tight space and there was a lot of us. And I I would I'd I'd park between spaces like to be out of everyone's way, mm-hmm. but also so I can kind of keep an eye on like when I was needed next. Mm-hmm. And so that 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 sort of a space constraint, like, yeah, it keeps you engaged. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I remember when we did the our escape room, uh, I felt like everybody had, like did something of importance, mm-hmm. which is hard, right? Cause yeah. I know that like in board games, I oftentimes find myself just listening to other people tell me what to do and then just doing <laughs> it. Whereas with the escape room, like, there's just, there's so massive and there's so many things mm-hmm. that like just looking for stuff is helpful. Yeah. It, if it's, if it's well designed, yeah, that's, um, uh, there should be something for everyone to do and different kinds of puzzles that play to everybody's different strengths. A lot of complaints I'll see about other escape rooms <laughs> <laughs> will, be, will be that they only have, 
like it's mostly like search and find kinds of puzzles or mostly like logic puzzles or these are mostly physical puzzles this Mm -hmm. wasn't you know uh if it's if it's all in one sort of puzzle category then Mm -hmm. it's uh, yeah uh, it can get really monotonous Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. so i mean you know steven you're asking about you know times we've we've done these things Mm -hmm. um you know in getting this up on its feet did Mm -hmm. you shop around i mean you were first in town sure yeah but did you seek out experiences to sort of get the feel for how it works and how Um, people do it so after the after we opened our first one i Mm -hmm. did um so we opened our first one and i gave sort of general parameters about what i had read yeah uh and luckily (laughs) there was like no market expectation (laughs) because i could like i i just shudder thinking about what we actually like allowed people to buy tickets for (laughs) and i mean it was fine and people had a really good experience and i was there because i was the owner and like the only employee i was running all the games and so i was able to sort of if someone was frustrated you know you can massage the experience with Mm -hmm. some good uh, customer service but yeah um uh after we were uh after we opened the first one, I was like, all right, I need to actually play some other of these so that I know, you know, I can expand my thinking about uh, what the next game should be and not just make them responses to the puzzles that we have here and what yeah. I do and don't like about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that when I'm working on my own uh, projects, I'll, I'll start to tweak them until they just become this like, all the corners are, are off. Mm-hmm. And it's like you need to inject some fresh ideas right. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to sort of like rethink or re, you know. Oh, yeah. You'll, your you'll sand your own ideas down to yeah. nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you dispense yeah. clues and stuff in a game? Uh, so this is controversial. Ah. Um, hey. There's a whole, I have been to two uh, trade shows that are Halloween haunted house geared, but they have a separate track for escape rooms. Okay. And, How interesting. Uh, in one of the seminars, they talk about different pieces of advice about how to give clues mm-hmm. and some places will give clues on a monitor and they'll just have preset clues about like look under the rug or mm-hmm. did you check under the rug really you should look at that rug <laughs> <laughs> um, and we don't do that because uh, I find that if our games are designed well enough that we're not always giving the same hints yeah um, and our philosophy is generally if you are giving the same hint to more than half of the groups, then it's not the groups, it's the puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. It's, it, well, and it's, it's hard because uh, sometimes we find ourselves giving the same hints uh, about half the time. And it's like, well, the puzzle is pretty good as it is. And once we give this one hint, then everyone, uh, you know, is on their way. But yeah. it's really difficult to like, yeah, weave the hint into the room mm-hmm. without right. like hitting people over the head with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, and there's yeah. the type of hint is kind of interesting because there's like, um, you know, the how you figure out one place to the next. Right. But then the hint is like basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just you have the player's attention. Right. Right. So how, when you design those, I mean, I mean, how explicit can you be? Like, say, check under the rug. I mean, yeah, that yeah. really helps a group if they just have not checked under the rug. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, do you try to be a little bit more vague so that the players yeah. don't feel like they've been just it was given to them? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I as little information as possible. So the way that we do it is we will have a person actually step into the room mm-hmm. and just stand there for a few minutes uh, every five to 15 minutes. And mm-hmm. uh, they'll just stand there for a couple minutes. If someone has a question, once a hint, they'll uh, come up to the 
the host and say, you know, what are we doing wrong here? Or can you tell us something about this? Right. And, right. Um, there are, you know, it's usually the same trouble spots. So we have pre like pre prepared hints sure, um, sure. that usually get the job done. But yeah, being as vague as possible while giving just a little bit of information yeah, yeah. Um, about like, well, that number that you found is important, or uh, you know, have you have you read the entire thing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a lot of times they're like, oh, read the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what you yeah. do with books. Yeah, yeah. And we we know players don't read. That's yeah. <laughs> True. Well, and, yeah, and it's the same thing, especially yeah. when you're on a uh, like a countdown. Yeah, you have yeah. 60 minutes. Right, um, you're trying to go as fast as possible, and uh, reading is slow and boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you just skim it. Yeah, yeah. It, it also plays the different strengths of different players, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I mean, I think in the one we did, Martha, you figured out a puzzle from like a, a children's picture book or something. And I remember when you figured that out, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like. All right, I didn't really look at it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it helps to have a nice group of yeah. diverse experiences and, mm-hmm. and intentions to, so you don't always have to give the same hints. Well, right? and that's the most frustrating part because I was running a group yesterday, two days ago, and there was one guy working on a puzzle for 20 minutes, and he oh. was just, ooh, he was not getting it. He was thinking about it so wrong, yeah. no matter how many times I was like, what about this thing over here? And as soon as someone else stepped in and said, "Like, oh, let me see this," it was done in two minutes. Right, yeah. right. And it was so frustrating because I wanted to. It's not my place to say, "Dude, get up and find something else to do." Right, right. <laughs> right. But that's like that's all he needed was to get up and find something else to do and let someone else look at it. But <laughs> right, um, right. It's, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's that that level of frustration for certain types of people can be. I mean, I, I imagine it's like it's a torture for you mm-hmm. watching them struggle, mm-hmm. right? Because you know they're not having a good time sometimes. Well, and that's not yeah. a failing of the of the design. It's it's just like maybe sure. they're just you know they just are not approaching it in, in the right spirit or whatever. Sure, and you can't account for all of that. Yeah. Um, so like, how many times have you just been like staring, just being like, <laughs> "Oh no, I'm ruining this guy's day." Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, then I remove myself from the room. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I do, I I am very good at not hovering mm-hmm. um, because we have cameras in the back, and so I can just like yeah. glare at him from <laughs> the back room. <laughs> but nice. it's yeah. So you, you brought you know bringing people into the space mm-hmm. um, that brings up kind of a role playing element because e- e- the games in Red World they have these heavy themes mm-hmm. and so um, I'm I'm curious like how do you, do you expect players to come in as puzzle solvers or do you expect them to take on a role uh, it, uh, to solve yeah. a puzzle Yeah yeah so uh, so far we have no assigned roles you yeah. are uh, as close as you get to an assigned role is oh, you are a team from NATO and you have uh-huh. an hour to disarm this missile. Right. Or, uh, <laughs> you know, it, that's yeah, scary. That's, <laughs> it is, uh, that is the uh, scariest of the ones, I think, okay. uh, that we have. Um, or like you were hired by the uh, deposed prince to uh, find proof that he is the rightful heir to the throne, right. that mm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you are usually... A group who has been designated to do a thing. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, that probably helps because then there's some people who want to really take on the role-playing mm-hmm. element and some people who don't. Right. And that uh, looseness accommodates both of those mm-hmm. types of players, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we have talked about assigning roles and giving uh, different uh, like abilities yeah. to different people. Like uh, with the Starship game, uh, we had 
talked about doing like, oh, one person's the engineer and one person's the captain and they'll have different uh, abilities or mm -hmm. uh, access to different information. And just the idea of forcing people into role-playing uh, gave me anxiety. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I could only imagine what it would do. Yeah. Like, you know, I'd say half of our customers are like corporate groups. Okay, and sure. that is that is forced fun. Yeah. So yeah. if you're then forcing people to like, all right, now you're a starship captain. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to yeah. tell your boss what to do. Mm, yeah. 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 Well, that's, that's an idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it it would work some of the time, but mm -hmm. it would not work enough of the time that I'm right, I'm right. still hesitant. Right. Uh, but now that we have uh, so many more offerings, uh, I'm more open to someday uh, experimenting with a little like weirder stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, you could have different tiers mm -hmm. for different types of players. Sure, Certainly, yeah. as as puzzle rooms become more mainstream and people mm -hmm. like the become part of the zeitgeist, people understand at least what they are at a basic level. Yeah. Then you can start offering them options. Yes. Rather than just like try this thing you've never, you don't know what it is. Right. You know. Yeah. That was our. That's sort of where our new game falls into. It's uh, Utopia mm -hmm. is a. Uh, that's a six player game. It is the most intense. Uh, in terms of like difficulty, yeah, Ooh, um, I want to do that one. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, oh, I, it is the the best thing that we have. Yeah. It is so much fun and it is so cool and it has this really great reveal and uh, it's just uh, a fun story. I, I, you know, it's it's my own thing, but I didn't design it, so I get to say that it is so <laughs> wonderful. It's so much fun. Yeah. Well, if listeners can feel the excitement in your voice that yeah. I can feel here, yeah, I think that's. That's a good sales pitch for it. Like, <laughs> like even without a lot of the details, like I really want to try this. Yeah, yeah. it's um, uh, I don't know. It was developed by David Pisa, who is the uh, executive director of Walking Shadow Theater, mm -hmm. oh. and then uh, Jerry Bellick, who did um, the Chooseatron. Oh, Jerry! Yeah, yeah. So, um, he they worked. It was like a two year process, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, it, yeah, it's done. It's open. It's stable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, awesome. And I mean, now that you're, you're sort of diversifying, mm -hmm. and you're, I imagine you're always wanting to make more yes. as you go. Mm -hmm. um, what are the budgets for these these games like? <laughs> I mean, what what can you sustain? Sure. Uh, well, what we have been doing is um, saying ten thousand dollars per game. Sure. Um, it has been creeping into the. Uh, Twelve to fifteen. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, that's how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's sort of built into the project uh, budget. You know, like we assume that we're going to go over budget, but um, and that's including. So that doesn't really include puzzle design. Yeah. Which we now mostly do in house. Uh, not mostly. We do entirely in house. Right? <laughs> and, uh, so that will include things like making it look like. A military bunker or yeah. building a false wall if we need to mm -hmm. or any custom props or like reupholstering chairs or that sort of thing mm. yeah nice okay. i would you know i think like oh i'd love to do one of these but the truth is i would love to art direct one of these things mm -hmm. yeah like that seems almost more exciting to me than the actual game design just from my background like it must be just a joy to like see that get put together oh it is it is so much fun the, mm -hmm. well it, it's fun and then it's really not fun and then it's fun again. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that sounds familiar to yeah. me. <laughs> but yeah, it, like being able to the the most fun part is saying, well, it would be really, really wonderful if we could do this. This would this would be a really interesting puzzle. Yeah. And then the not fun part is, 
oh, that's what it would take to implement that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. feel that life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess uh, scope becomes a much more practical concern. Oh, yes. Than it does for video games. Yeah. Oh, I suppose so. Because like it's, it's harder to mm-hmm. let your imagination go too far. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it is, it's important to let your imagination go uh, wild at first. Sure. So that you like, that's where some of the like, actually good ideas come from mm-hmm. right um and or what could turn into an interesting thing uh but something that has happened is then when you sort of scale back you don't uh you don't realize how much you're scaling back you're like oh no we only have two-thirds of a game <laughs> oh sure yeah right yeah, you start taking too many practical concerns mm-hmm. into account and then you lose what the initial core of the idea yeah, was yep i can see that happening sure mm-hmm. yeah you're, yeah you really gotta keep a watch on that yeah hmm. yeah and i mean it's it's like any other project where you you can't be too precious about any given idea yeah mm-hmm. um but yeah it's the, the yeah the the physical constraints of making a game that you have to be able to interact with and that you know ten thousand people over the course of a year have to be able to interact with yeah uh and that has to be you know you have to be able to reset everything within 10 minutes or 15 minutes so oh, that, sure uh, i didn't think about that but of course yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a balancing act for yeah. sure yeah yeah I want to hear about the things that went wrong. Like you were talking about the first game and how, yeah. uh, you know, that, you know, that, like anyone's first work, sure, you get a yeah. little bit embarrassed about it as time mm-hmm. goes on. But I want to hear some specifics. Like what, what did you guys bork early on? Like, Oh what? my God. Okay. So, <laughs> um, the, okay. My favorite part of what was bad about the first game, uh, is the location itself. Yeah. So oh, okay. we were in this super terrible building. Oh no. Um, and I mean, it wasn't, I wouldn't classify it as unsafe. There was a, uh, so the front door of the building was this sliding glass door, uh, like at a grocery store, but mm-hmm. it was always locked from the outside. Uh-huh. So oh. if a group was coming, you had to like meet them and like open the door. And if they got there too early and you were still resetting from the last room, you're like, they call and it's like, all right, I'll be right there. <laughs> oh, goodness. oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to like, so you walk in and there's like a little landing and then you have to go up like half a flight of stairs and then down like around a corner and down a hall to where the room was. Yeah. But as for the game itself, I think like there were two, it was essentially just like four puzzle stations there was no story mm-hmm. there. Their approach to story at one of the stations. Um, but it, <laughs> tiptoed like, near a story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there were things that looked like narrative elements. Yeah. Um, but did not, there was no real uh, anything. And okay. uh, the puzzles were all fun and, you know, diff- different levels of challenging mm-hmm. and uh, had relatively satisfying solves and um, all of that. But it was like, I think the, the, the entire prop budget was $500. Right. Oh, okay. right. Yeah. So um, that would never fly. Yeah. <laughs> That's pre- yeah. You know, that is pretty common, like the really low budget ones, mm-hmm. because that is, I mean, they get spun up so quickly sure. even for pop-up events. Mm-hmm. I think there's, I think there's some expectation that it's a little fly by the seat of your pants. Sure. So it's, it's nice that it's now an industry that's really taking itself seriously now. Yeah. 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 Right. Like yeah. it's no longer the expectation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean it, I shouldn't say that you could never do a fun game on a $500 budget because right. of course you could like, you know, it's all about setting expectations. Yeah. And if you're coming into our store now, uh, your expectations are set pretty high because you know we've been around for a long time and we have this really nice space in a really nice neighborhood. And if you came in and did 
a room that looked like it was five hundred dollars to <laughs> to complete, you'd get uh, you'd be really upset. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, you do pay for a little bit of the presentation, mm-hmm. and that's the, and just like with video games, like I think there are a lot of people who are like design purists. Like, I don't care how it looks. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that actually is a big part of the experience. Right. It, it yeah. does, it's not vain or shallow. That's mm-hmm. really, that gives a lot of emotional engagement right. to people. And so you got to put some real effort into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. well, and, and so people care about three things, I have found. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and usually they care about one thing more than any other thing. So one is immersion, mm-hmm. which is like, how, how much does this room actually look like a bunker? Um, one is the puzzles themselves, uh, and then one is the story. And yeah. if you are, uh, we have had games that have lacked in one, and I, he- you know, I hear a lot about it when it yeah. does. <laughs> <laughs> and our current bunker game uh, is a uh, a redo of our old bunker game that we had last year, which was a sort of. Reimaging of the original bunker game. <laughs> uh, so this current game looks nothing like the original game. Sure, um, but they were all called Bunker, which is a really genius branding. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We still get people who are like, "I've already played Bunker." It's like, "No, you haven't played this Bunker." It's like, "I already played Bunker." <laughs> um, but our last Bunker game uh, was the rooms were not immersive enough. Mm-hmm. They, I thought they looked fine. Um, but that was not the thing that I was really focused on. I right. was like the puzzle design uh, and the story. And uh, I thought the story was good. I thought the puzzle design was pretty good. Um, and we got pretty decent feedback on uh, the puzzles and uh, didn't really hear much about the story, which is sort of usual. Um, and you don't hear a lot of compliments on anything but the puzzles unless it's... Uh, or a lot of comments, unless it's negative. Right. <laughs> right yeah. <laughs> uh, it's one of those things people either expect to not care a lot about, or just yeah. expect to be great. Yes, exactly. Like, by default. Right. Well, and that's exactly right. It's like they. It. It's. It's the detail stuff. Like, mm-hmm. uh, if it's done right, no one will notice it because they don't realize that it's like that it could have been anything else. Right. Yeah. Right. But I will say now that all of our games uh, are. Tip top on all three aspects, <laughs> <laughs> at least to my standards. No and further revisions. Yes, <laughs> no, yes. Just lock it down. Never update again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking about the different versions of Bunker. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they've all gone through different, uh, you know, versions. Um, do you do you ever want to, or do you ever think about uh, like saving this version and then doing a new one and then coming back to it, or is it always an iterative process? Um. I do think about that sometimes, like retiring a game and then bringing it back a little later. Yeah. Um, and honestly, people are still coming and playing it, so there's no yeah, there's no right. real reason to uh, uh, mm-hmm. retire it at this point. If we start to see like ticket sales go down for mm-hmm. a particular game, where ticket sales for other games are strong, yeah. you know, uh, where it's not like oh, there's an overall drop in tickets, right, but it's like right. this specific game isn't selling anymore, uh, then then yeah, I would retire it and then bring it back a couple years later. Sure, um, sure. But I don't think there's enough people who are coming through. There's still so many people who have never done an escape game. Right. Yeah. So yeah. most of our clientele are people who have are just like learning about it as they're walking in the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, my dad, how he just found out about escape rooms like a few weeks ago. He didn't understand mm-hmm. the point of them at all. And like we watched a video of people going through escape rooms, like, why are they doing this? <laughs> so the point is just to get out of a room. 
<laughs> yeah. Do you get people like that? Oh yeah. Oh uh, wow. Okay. Well, we and we get people who are like, oh, is it like saw? I don't. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. It's like. What if I just walk out of the room? It's like, well, first of all, that's not the goal of the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You could do that anytime. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. feel like they're outsmarting you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's the, the people who don't sort of like buy into the spirit of the game sort of annoy me, but mm-hmm. um, like that's, that's their money, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, with all the corporate groups, you, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to have people who, who didn't pay to be there right. and aren't and just a total humbugs about mm-hmm. it. Um, I mean, do you find that happens a lot or? Uh, not a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not, uh, I wish there were things that we could do about it, but yeah. like, uh, it's, you get a real icy stare if you go up to someone and be like, why don't you do this thing over here? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, um, I haven't noticed that it's a problem. Right. It's just, right. uh, you know, that's probably who they are also at the office. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, and in the end, it's like that's that's not a comment on the design of the thing at all. No, if they don't if they don't engage it, there's really right. nothing you can do. Yep. Yeah, and uh, you know we do our best to make the games as engaging as possible. Mm-hmm. And um, if they if they don't engage the person who has decided I'm not going to be engaged today, you know that's uh, there's not much we can do about that. Right, right. it's their loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I remember you brought up uh, um, haunted houses. Mm-hmm. Is design similar to haunted houses as it is to, to oh, escape? Room? I wish. Yeah. So, <laughs> haunted houses, no one is touching anything. With mm-hmm. escape rooms, everything oh, yeah. is touched by everyone. Oh, and so, so <laughs> reset so and everything is reset much is uh, a, hassle. Uh, a hassle. Yeah. Uh, the you have to be really. So I talk about immersion. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a, a lot of immersion is detail work and. Details are, you know, usually superfluous to uh, the puzzles. And so mm-hmm. it's a real uh, balancing act again of like, all right, how many details can you have before they become red herrings? Yeah. Right, and right. everyone wants to touch everything. Mm-hmm. And even if it's just sort of like a side thing that is just there to look good and, you know, make it feel more like whatever you're, whatever you're. Yeah. In. Right. So even the, puzzle piece or even the things in the room that aren't puzzle things still mm-hmm. have to be play tested to see if they'll break if sure. someone is like yeah. Blah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah or like uh to make sure that people don't come up with some sort of answer from it oh yeah <laughs> like fixate on this one thing that's yes. not part of the puzzle mm-hmm. at all well, and that was another thing in the in the original bunker um so it was the four puzzle stations and then the one sort of there there was like an area where there was like an old mattress and uh, a cooler with mm-hmm. a bunch of empty uh, soda cans. Mm. And people, the mattress and the soda cans were uh, just sort of decorative things. And, but people would fixate on the cans and would spend 20 minutes like looking for codes in the like barcode numbers <laughs> oh, or like the numbers no. stamped on the bottom of the can. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. Oh, that wasn't anything. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, you described that process of like the formal play testing, mm-hmm. and then of course you make tweaks as you know after yeah. the thing launches. Like you have that constant feedback. Do do you sometimes feel like sort of a slave to the the experience? Like, or, or I mean, how much do you ever like? Oh, like I I wanted them to understand this, and I couldn't figure out how, so I just had to get rid of it. Did you ever have that mm. kind of like heartbreak? Oh, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are puzzles where. 
uh, it's just too hard or even before it's implemented, just too difficult to build. Yeah. Um, where it's like, this would have been the coolest reveal or like the most satisfying, like physical experience to do this. Uh, but it's just too involved for like the, either the budget or the, uh, the talent that we have access to in terms of like carpentry or mm. whatever. And, um, I don't know, I don't remember the last time we actually took a puzzle out of a game that had opened, uh, but there uh, is, um, you know, in Utopia, we had to take a bunch of stuff out um, mm-hmm. after we started playtesting because we're like, this is like a two-hour game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And um, this is a two-hour game for people who know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, we had to trim a lot. And, um, you know, it's, it's sad to do it because, mm-hmm. you know, presumably everything that made it into that version of the game was fun uh-huh. or was intended to be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, ha- you have to pick, like, all right, which of these really fun things is the least fun? <laughs> oh. Yeah, well. Yeah, but... You know, well, that's a good problem to have. It is, <laughs> yeah, because a lot of the time you can set it aside and say, all right, well, we can use this in a future game. Mm. Um, and you know, we'll see if that happens, but uh, you know, it's the, the pile of ideas that did not get implemented or did not get into final games uh, uh, is as long or longer as the list of puzzles that we actually made right right <laughs> do you have just like yeah. a little like uh, glossary of like use them laters like yes oh oh know? yes yeah, yeah i have like a a just long flowing google doc of like half completed puzzle ideas mm-hmm. and uh you know notes to myself about uh Things I saw out in the street, like yeah. that plant looks like a four. We should make that into a puzzle. <laughs> oh man, have you played Breath of the Wild? Uh, no, I have not. Oh, this I don't have a switch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I made it sound more shameful. <laughs> I intended. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was thinking of the Korok seeds. There's a I, there's a lot of that kind of stuff where like you'll see a circle of rocks. Like, oh mm-hmm. man, I should throw another rock in there. Get a Korok seed. Mm-hmm. So it sounds very similar to mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah there's sort of environmental mm-hmm. sort of hints. Just a little bit off is enough, and that's why those soda cans were distracting yeah. people, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. those are my favorite kinds of puzzles where you just have to step back and you're like, oh, that's what it was. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are great. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the witness. Uh, oh, yeah. right. Uh, don't Uh-oh. get me started. Uh-oh. <laughs> I want to hear your thoughts on the witness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I liked it. And then it was the same puzzle mechanic. Yeah. Over and over. And I was like, all right, when are we going to get to the next kind of concept and build yeah. on this? And it was, it's just like, all right, trace through these lines. Right. And right. All right. Trace through these different lines. Now step over, trace through these lines again. Oh. You know, it's funny because my, like my, I would tell someone who'd ask, like, "Oh yeah, it has this core idea, but it has, it, it keeps adding different variations." Mm-hmm. But now that you say it like that, I'm like, <laughs> "That game could be a third as long and have just as many mechanics." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I never really picked up on like what the story was or if there was a story. Right. And it was, it didn't I, want I just, you to find out. Yeah, I, yeah. it, it did feel like the game was working against me a little bit. It's like. I don't know where to go next. And I know I have talked to a lot of my friends and I'm like, yeah, that's the best part. But <laughs> like, I, I need a little more direction than that. Mm, sure. Sure. It was, it was like a puzzle room without the three yeah. elements that you would yes. need. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, I will say it was 
beautiful. Mm-hmm. I yeah. did love walking from place to place. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just like the the design and just the detail that they went to is uh, I I will I will endorse the game on looks. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is a pretty game. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah yeah. Um, so one of the things that's um, coming up a lot in VR, which I've been following, mm-hmm. is is using a lot of the the learnings from escape rooms, puzzle rooms, mm-hmm. and and making VR games with them. Because a lot of times in like volume tracked uh, uh, full motion VR, you we were trying to solve the locomotion problem, but like, mm-hmm. well, why don't we just have a game where you don't go that far? Right, and that's and that really implies that. So I've been very interested in uh, doing this type of gameplay in VR. Is that something you've looked at? Um, so there are companies that will sell you like our oh this is our VR game in a box and mm-hmm. we come in and install it and it's only forty five thousand dollars to install and five thousand dollars a month to run yeah <laughs> sounds cheap yeah <laughs> yeah it's um it's so maybe not sustainable like a, as a business model just yeah, yet. yeah yeah I think that's it is like um well and the technology moves so fast yeah um right. and I don't trust my players to handle VR equipment. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, true. It is um it's expensive equipment and uh people are I would say 90% of people treat things like it is not their thing. Yeah. But mm-hmm. 10% of people j- will just like write on whatever they see or yeah. throw things across the room or mm. stand on a table. What the uh, heck? Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah, yeah. There you get you get Dudes who want to show off to their friends, and mm-hmm. um, it is, yeah. Walk. I like two weeks ago. I had to walk in and say, "Please do not stand on that table." <laughs> he was oh like, goodness. "Oh yeah,", yeah. Right. and he like as if it hadn't occurred to him to not stand on a table. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, there is that line of like you're in a, you're in an artificial environment. Yeah. So how much of it is artificial, right? That's and right. Because when we did our escape room thing, uh, there was a oh my. I don't want to talk about it, but we haven't. We've been really vague about what this thing. It's is. a competitor. We can spoil it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Okay, so there's there's a teapot. He had to get a tip for this, and I was really mad about it because oh, I had yeah. it a tip in my head. I was thinking just, of the same thing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So there was a there's a there's a teapot, and then there was like this piece of paper, and um, what you were supposed to do is you're supposed to like boil the water in the teapot so steam came out, and then you put uh, the paper over it, and then it would reveal a message on. Mm. It. We, oh, well, I, I mean, myself personally, I was like, I didn't know if I was supposed to do that because I didn't want to mess the thing up. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. We, we had that idea and we all were like, no, that can't be it. Right. Cause, yeah. Because we don't want to be wrecking props. Yeah. Right. And so we were just stuck and we couldn't figure out what the heck to do. And then uh, we begrudgingly, well, I begrudgingly was like, yeah, we can get a tip. And we got a tip and <laughs> the tip still was embarrassed about thing. it. Because it was, <sighs> <laughs> I had that. Yeah. Uh, there was, so something similar in Utopia. Was there was there's a puzzle towards the end that players would understand what they're supposed to do, mm-hmm. see what it takes to do that, and then say nope, that's not it, yeah. and oh. move on to something else because they they thought it was too hard, and so we had to simplify that puzzle. Right. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I will never use water in any of my games <laughs> uh, because right, it'll just yeah yeah, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. It, it's mm-hmm. it is so destructive, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's it. Yeah, I yeah, I think that they are braver than I am for using water, <laughs> and it sounds like a really that like that's a fun puzzle. Um, mm-hmm. But 
it was really unsatisfying when we did it because we all thought of that solution. Right. You're finally forced to do it. There was no joy in it. Right. Which is kind of a bummer. And what that is, it's not really, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I wouldn't use water either. But (laughs) the real problem was that we weren't communicated what was possible, what what, what was, what was safe for us to do. Yeah. Which is, I mean, as a puzzle, it must be really hard to do without starting to give away things. Well, yeah, that, uh, you know, there's, always uh, sort of an introductory talk at the beginning mm-hmm. of like, here are some expectations you can have for the game. Do not stand on our tables. <laughs> um, we actually tell people not to like stand on tables or like flip the desks on their side or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and in, uh, for Utopia, we ask if anyone is colorblind or mm-hmm. uh, claustrophobic because oh, okay. those are uh, potentially yeah. relevant. <laughs> um uh, sort of as a tease almost. Sure. <laughs> as, yeah. well as, as well as a yeah. disclaimer. Yeah. And, um, but then there's one like red key lock in that game. Mm-hmm. We say, you'll see this red key lock. It's on, uh, it's, it's in there. Don't worry about it. That's just for staff reset. And uh-huh. then people can, you know, they have permission to not look at that thing. You can build that into like the intro, like, you can <clears throat> give people permission to do a specific thing. And I don't know what the wording on like you, you use the steam in the teapot would be, but there yeah. is a way to like <laughs> sort of wink at people at the beginning to let them sort of cross that boundary that one time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and because yeah, if, if the players are good, like you guys are, um, <laughs> they aren't trying to destroy stuff and they are being yeah. conscientious about like, well, what would this do to this thing? It would like physically alter it so that it couldn't be used again. Yeah, yeah. That must not be the thing that I'm supposed to do. Yeah, and I think there's that element of immersion where like when you say like, oh yeah, there's this red lock with the mm-hmm. staff reset, I would imagine a resistance to, to that being something you have to tell people. Mm-hmm. But I think that once people know those things, people are so good at suspension of disbelief, oh, yes. like humans as, in general, mm-hmm. that you can tell them a lot of it behind the scenes stuff and that improves the immersion because oh, then yes. they understand the boundaries of the of the fiction mm-hmm. and then they can really get into it yeah. without having to like n- wonder where the lines are. Cause then that just becomes, then it all just falls apart. Right? Oh, I get like one of my problems is that I get too obsessive with uh, the immersion. Yeah. And so we're doing uh, one of our games that we're opening so soon is a uh, wild west sheriff's office mm-hmm. called oh. Sheriff Roy. And the uh, set design is just uh, maybe the most beautiful of, anything we've done and uh but there are as owner i can see every like every detail that is just vaguely not immersive (laughs) (laughs) and so i'm like okay what can we do to make this just a little more immersive and i have to like i have to tell myself people do understand that they're not actually in, <laughs> you know, Utah in 1874. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, so there is a little bit of that, like, you, yeah, you have to, you have to do what you have to do to make the game you want to make feasible. Yeah. And right. if locking people out of a thing and then telling them, don't worry about that lock is what it takes, then, you know, yeah, they will suspend their disbelief and they'll, they they won't complain about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm curious on. Um, I know other rooms have like scoring systems. Like mm-hmm. when we went through, and you don't. <laughs> I, I'm wondering. Stephen wants to lodge an official request. <laughs> yes. Well, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, did you think about having a scoring system? So no. Okay. Uh, it. I know. I think I know who you're talking about. Oh. Um, and, <laughs> well. <laughs> um. I. A few places do scoring systems, yeah. and uh, I like 
I hadn't even considered it until mm. I saw someone else do it. I was like, that's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't really fit into just sort of our, our vibe. Yeah. Um, we keep track of the record time in a given month. And so today's the first, so we wiped off all the last <laughs> month's records. And so whoever beats each game first gets the record for that month. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, do they get anything out of that? Or just- uh, they get their name on the board. Okay. You know their team name. That's cool. Yeah, and um, we keep track of uh, the win percentages for each game, and mm-hmm. we post those in the uh, in the lobby on this uh, chalkboard. But and that becomes uh, kind of a difficulty rating. Yeah, sense, yeah, right? yeah. Um, and so uh, the three games that are open right now are Bunker, Pretender, and Utopia. And Bunker and Pretender are two star. Difficulty or two dots difficulty. Mm-hmm. Utopia is three, probably closer to three and a half. Uh, and Sheriff Roy is that's uh, we're gearing that towards sort of the beginner mm-hmm. uh, demographic, and that will be a one dot difficulty. Um, and yeah, it it really reflects in the like average time solved. Yeah, because um, yeah. uh, Pretender and Bunker are in the fifty between fifty four and fifty seven mm-hmm. minutes. Um, uh, it varies. Yeah. I mean, and fluctuates depending on um, mm-hmm. you know how many people have uh, actually beaten the game that month. But um, Utopia, the um, average time is like fifty nine minutes and some odd seconds, oh, yeah. and the record time uh, record time for Pretender and Bunker is usually in like the thirty five to thirty nine minute range. Mm-hmm. Like I think in October it was thirty two minutes, and that's like. That, those are record times. Those are not times that you could necessarily expect to get just right. as, as a, a group off the street. Yeah. But the record time for Utopia, I think, of all time is only like 41 minutes. Right, right. So um, it's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's... And, so, and, and these are all constrained to an hour, yes. so you, get, yep. you lose after an hour. Yes. Okay. Um, That's pretty, it seems pretty standard. Yeah, yeah. But I, um, I, I would really be interested in like setting like an appointment time of like 90 minutes, mm-hmm. and then... With the expectation they'd finish in an hour, like I, I'd be interested. I'd want to design a game that would be solvable by anybody. Just you know, they might take forever. But does mm. that that becomes a scheduling issue, right? Sure, yeah, you, yeah. you have a lot of time you're not using. Yep. So that has to um, to to roll into how you design these things. Yeah. Right. Is yeah, to yeah. be able to get people in and out. Yes. Yeah. I mean that that is that is right. And if we are um, if we have the time, I like to give people the extra five or ten minutes. To solve the rest of the puzzle. Oh sure, um, because that's more fun than saying, "All right, now let me explain these to you." Yeah, get out. I gotta catch my bus. Yeah. You tell yeah. them, like, yeah. hey, "Hey, you lost," but like, take a couple minutes if you want. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So there's we have audio cues in all the rooms mm-hmm. uh, that'll like indicate, "Okay, now the game is over." Mm. Um, but the puzzles are all still fully playable, and uh, if I can see that they are within ten minutes, yeah, um, I will. And we have time, you know. If if I don't have five more groups yeah. coming in, um, <laughs> I I like to mm-hmm. let them finish. But uh, that is, I would say, that's an exception. Is that something you'd be interested in formalizing, or is it really mm. just a matter of like you? It needs to be more well oiled than that. It needs to be more well oiled than that because mm-hmm. um, if you know every group that comes in expects to start at the time that they signed up for, yeah, uh, with the group with the game looking as if they are the first people who've ever played it. Mm-hmm. And so it has to be reset the right way, which uh, you know, takes 
time and takes attention to detail. And um, it is, yeah, it's not, it, if we formalized it and then said, all right, now it is an hour between games instead of half an hour between games, then we can run fewer games in a day. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, for, you know, if the group beats the game in 45 minutes, then it's, you know, an hour and 15 minutes between yeah. games instead of uh, uh, 45 minutes. So mm -hmm. uh, it, yeah, it's, it is best to keep it standard. And then if, if we are able to give the like little extra customer service, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, people don't expect it, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, makes it um, a fun surprise for them. Sure they, sure, they, sure. they come in with the understanding that the game ends after 60 minutes. And so it's a, it's a little treat yeah, to let yeah. them finish. Um, yeah. yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. Like, there's so much of the practical concerns of running running a physical space, mm -hmm. keeping a schedule, and 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 working with people who aren't necessarily uh, uh, players, you know, uh, mm -hmm. uh, that you would expect to, to know all the details. Like, all those has to all that has to roll into the design that there are conventions you have to stick to. Yes. Um, I mean, are there any other are any of the the things that you like, Stephen? You have on those here wild ideas. Yes. <laughs> and so I want to like maybe just lean into that topic a little bit. Like, are, is there any crazy things you've thought of either that you weren't able to do or you still mm -hmm. have on that Google Doc and oh, want yes. to do? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Utopia was. Did you ever play um, Super Paper Mario for the Wii? Yes. yes. Uh, so uh, I love that game. I, that's one of the best games I've ever played. And what I loved about that game and what I really want to incorporate into an escape room is how he flips from 2D to 3D. Yeah. Oh. And I just something about that, like taking something from one state and bringing it into another state and you can use it in different ways in each state. Um, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> um, that was sort of where that was the genesis for the idea of utopia. Yeah. Um, but it strayed way far from that. Like, sure. There's sure. nothing even resembling that in um, uh, in the final product. But um, you know something where uh, you know there's a timer and uh, depending on. You know which three-minute period you're in. Your props do different things, or oh something yeah, like sure, that. sure. I don't know. I Whoa. yeah, it would be. It is extremely tech-intensive, and yeah. I do mm -hmm. not know how to program. Right. So, <laughs> uh, it it um, uh, it is probably uh, not feasible within the next year, at least. But that's the one idea that I really like. The one wild idea I really yeah. cling that's, to. And have like, you ever been to that. a game jam? No, that would be really <gasps> cool. Yeah, <laughs> you did like an escape room during a game jam. Okay, like there's a global game jam uh, in January. Uh, you should check it out. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much testing you could do, but but I mean, <laughs> well, just the, the design of it. You could do it on paper. Sure, have people solve it on paper. Yeah, yeah. Like you could, and then you could try some wild stuff. Well, and what I would probably do in that scenario is like a ten or a fifteen minute game. Yeah, because yeah. mm -hmm. uh, an hour game is right. <laughs> you know that's that's just, a lot of content. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you'd scope yeah. it down just like yeah, yeah. you do for video mm -hmm. games for but sure. Man, that would be so cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love that idea. Oh. What's nice about that too is it be, it, you you could inter, you could interact with some you know uh, game programmers who are who would love to try something new and interesting. Yeah, and don't have the time to normally. Mm -hmm. And then you can leverage some of that experience. To oh, I'm okay. so into this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're doing it. We're all of us. Yeah, we're yeah. doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is exciting. <laughs> yeah, well, and we'll do it in VR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. The scope is starting to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, 
uh, an escape room I always want to do is like something like Legends of the Hidden Temple. That oh. old Nick show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like That'd a pool fun. full of foam cubes that you found bound <laughs> and into. Slime. And slime. Well, maybe not slime. <laughs> so what elements of it? Just like. I just the ending part where you have to like you do all those puzzles to get the statue and then you have to put the statue or you put the head of the statue in the, in the, the monkey one, yeah, yeah. the monkey thing yeah. or whatever. But yeah. would you have it like crawling between all these different chambers and stuff? That would be cool. Yeah, yeah. I would like that. I think the thing with that is it's um it's an obstacle course and mm-hmm. an escape room. Yes, yeah. And I think that would be. I mean, you need the knee pads, right? Like yeah. that's a, it's a whole different thing. But yeah, that would be really fun to mm-hmm. put together. Mm-hmm. Then it'd be like half endurance and half yeah mental. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be really nice. Yeah. Uh, I would want to do something where there's more um, like D and D style RPG mechanics, oh, and I and I mean like the interacting with the townsfolk mechanics, where oh. you have actors. This is not unheard of, mm-hmm. but more where players have to assume a role. Um, maybe not; they don't have to fully role play, but they have to like give certain information. They have to convince a, a, a performer of something. Um, you, you know what I mean? Like, that sounds like a murder mystery thing. Actually, kind of. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's ba- it's basically a, a mix of, of of those two things. I would love. To design something like that, I think the the production requirements for that would be a little bit higher. Right. Uh, I mean, just in terms of like the organization required, I don't think it would cost more physically to put together. But I, that that really interests me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would love to be able to incorporate some sort of like human interaction. Yeah, yeah. Like we we priced it out, and it is feasibly affordable, but um, it just then like. You have to worry about people's schedules and yeah. making sure, like, if the person who knows how to do this interaction is sick, that someone else can come in and right. play for them. Because yeah. I think of like, you know, when when um, when you run like a role playing game as a as a game master, like Martha, mm-hmm. you know, you have to you have to play NPCs and also give out information in a way that's relatively consistent and, and even to it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you like, it's hard to have an understudy for that. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And a lot of times the person who devises the scenario is the one who delivers it yeah. for practicality purposes. But mm-hmm. at, at an institutional level, that's harder to do. Oh my God, it is. Right? And like, so with our starship game, uh, the obvious thing would be to have an interactive computer, which would yes. just be like a person in the back room on a vocoder or something. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's telling will, jokes the yeah. whole time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, if, if that person is sick, you need someone else who not only knows all the information, but that can like act. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, it is, you know, it's, it's hard enough to get my staff to just like reset the rooms <laughs> properly. <laughs> uh, um, and to, yeah, to then like have to um, convince someone like, yes, and act yeah. like, like this computer would act. Um, well, you're not act. doing like a matinee in an evening show. Yeah, you have many slots right. yeah, per yeah. day. So yeah. the actual physical toll on on mm-hmm. a performer would be much greater. Mm. Yeah. Um, even if even if the actual amount of things they need to do are mm-hmm. smaller. It, yeah. It because it yeah that's harder I think to to pull off. But yep. Maybe as a limited engagement, I would. Yes. Lo- I would. Yeah, I, yeah, like an event. Now I'm trying to think practically. If I actually wanted to do it, I think it would be something that would yeah be a limited run, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, more of a more of a performance, uh, interactive. Yeah, that would be a uh, like a six to eight week. Yes, you know, yes. at the most, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Martha, do you have any crazy ideas? Well, I was thinking while we were talking about it wouldn't be practical at all, but I was thinking love it already. Yeah. <laughs> But like we were talking about the Wild West stuff, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, what if it was like an escape from a stagecoach or something?" And oh, you know, oh yeah, <laughs> and you have to like solve puzzles on like the walls and the ceiling and stuff. As bouncing around, yeah. And then yeah. time runs out, and then the horses go over the 
ravine, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. That's no, excellent. wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> There's this kid's book that I like. All my ideas come from kids' books and kids' games because I like them. Um, I don't know what that says about me, but <laughs> uh, but there's this book that uh, I loved as a kid where it was just about this family going across the United States in a in a stagecoach, and like every so often they'd go, uh, and we were waiting and waiting for something to happen, and then it did. And I was just thinking like you could have like as you're in the stagecoach thing, have like monitors with a like of different events happening on the outside like oh there's a storm and now you have to figure out the sub- different puzzle from that mm-hmm. so yeah <laughs> that'd be fun okay. yeah i think i think a lot of there's different germs of ideas either a mm-hmm. narrative germ like you know like martha you were describing or a mechanical thing like like i was saying there's no narrative elements to my idea um like when you come up with these new things where does where does it start does it start in a random place like most ideas <laughs> or do you have like a formal process uh so um, the starship uh, started from me saying, I really need, like, if I'm being true to who I am, it's going to be a starship. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the, uh, the bunker one was mainly like, I had all these puzzles and rooms to fill. So yeah. uh, I was like, all right, well, we're going we're gonna to remount bunker. We're going to make it a little better. Um, and then... Um, the, so Sheriff Roy, the Wild West room, uh, has the best origin story. Uh, I expanded uh, into the adjacent storefront, and where it w- it was like it was unused. Mm-hmm. It's just like my landlord's uh, garbage pile, <laughs> and in the garbage pile was this giant iron safe, like on oh, yes. Whoa! <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah, and so I was like, you can take the rest. Leave this. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, okay, whatever. You got to move it yourself. I was mm-hmm. like, All right. So I'll have you guys move this. <laughs> and uh, it, it is like a, we, it is less central to the game uh, than I had anticipated. Yeah. At first I was going to do like a bank heist game, but those are so like, um, so standard now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and there's there wasn't a lot that we could do, but there are not as many like sheriff's office games. Yeah, and yeah. Um, it is uh, so. Yeah, it is an, an, a a fun element in the room that uh, provides a good like gate for uh, uh, other puzzles. Mm. I love those things that kickstart an idea because mm-hmm. yeah, then eventually you let go of it, and then yeah. the idea has its own life, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are there places yeah. you go to talk about uh, escape room strategies and things? Because uh, I feel like you can't just do it on your own, right? You have to have a, there has to be a community. Sure, yeah. This. There, are, uh, there are Facebook groups of like owners, and it's mostly like I have this prop like how can I make a puzzle out of this <laughs> <laughs> or like posting like the universal ridiculous customer experiences and that sort of thing oh sure sure um, it's, it's yeah. a little it's yeah like any community mm-hmm. yeah. it's a place to sort of talk shop yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and you find there's a lot of cooperation a lot of people wanting the whole whole field to yeah. succeed or yeah, no yeah. one's like holding their secrets in or anything no I mean um, you don't get a lot of spoilers because sure um, all uh, owners and employees 
want to play everyone else's rooms. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't want other games like spoiled for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> I no. it's uh, uh, honestly, I have the memory of a goldfish. So uh, <laughs> I, I could probably pay, play the same game uh, three weekends in a row and still still lose. Oh, what a <laughs> valuable skill. Yes. Oh, it's wonderful. Um, uh, but yeah, it's um, it. There is not really. I will say in sixty to seventy percent of companies, there's mm-hmm. not really a sense of like direct competition. Yeah, okay. uh, at least not at this point. Uh, uh, we let we do like uh, locally. My general manager Mark is mostly the uh, uh, instigator of this. He has <laughs> sort of done a an exchange program where yeah. we'll just go and play everyone else's games. Oh, and we'll cool. have people come play our games for free. And it's like, mm-hmm. why shift the same two hundred dollars around? <laughs> right. <laughs> <No>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but um, you know, it's it, it. The industry is still so uh, new. It's still such in its right, infancy right. that like most people who are coming to all of these companies, this is the first time they're ever doing an experience like this. Yeah, yeah. And then they'll say, "All right, well, where else should we go?" And, yeah, right, right. Um, it is right because uh, it's hard to have repeat business. Yes, it's it almost is very difficult. To yeah, have. like uh, even even when people have a good time and you have multiple games, like. Like, all right, well, we want to go try somewhere else. Um, and it, like, sometimes we will get people, like, who actually want to just play another game, like, right now. Yeah. Uh, and if we have, if we have a room set up, you know, that's fine. Hmm. Um, but it is, yeah, it's, it's a lot of like, well, I've done this company. Now I want to do another company. And the more companies there are, um, to an extent, right? <laughs> uh, the more sort of entry points there are for people to like yeah. get into knowing that and this if is everyone a thing is that like. referring to e- to yeah. your so you know yeah, so called yeah. competitors, mm-hmm. the more everyone benefits. Yes, that's okay. awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and well, and like my style, I have always been more interested in making my stuff the best it can be, as opposed to like trying to cut others down yeah. and be like we are better than them. Yeah, yeah, uh, because you will you'll either like it or you won't, mm-hmm. and. Um, no amount of me saying how bad the competition is <laughs> will help you come and enjoy my game. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, that is a helpful cooperative note, I think, to go out on. <laughs> it's been a blast talking about this with you. Yeah, yeah. This has been a lot of fun. We should get the three of us and three other folks and do Utopia. Please that do. Sounds like, uh, and we, yeah, then Steven, you can, be, you can set the record. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all just be there to see you do it. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> Um, so uh, give us a little bit of the details. How are listeners going to find you if they want to uh, check out Riddle Room? They want to find you personally on the internet? Where do they go? Sure. Uh, so you can learn all about Riddle Room at riddle-room.com. It's on Facebook at uh, Facebook slash Riddle Room Game. Uh, and Riddle Room is on Twitter and Instagram as Riddle Room MPLS. I am on Twitter as Punsultant. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Well, hey, that's our show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app and be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or a nice like artist. Art, will you give us a good review? I already have. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> that's the best response we've had so far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we need to know the rest of you are out there, so uh, leave a review and tell all your friends too. Of course, you can uh, be like Art and send us some feedback on the feedback form at uh, nicegames.club slash feedback. Uh, of course, we want to also hear directly from you, so follow us on Twitter and all the other things. Martha? At Nice Games Club. That's right. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, send us your topics and ask us your questions. Lastly, you can find out more about the show, your nice host, our nice guests, as well as all the links and notes from this and other episodes 
at nicegames.club. And so, until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. Um, okay. These are the parts that we cut out of the mm-hmm. podcast, so you don't ever hear them. <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly me going, Martha, here's a question you weren't prepared for. <laughs> <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.